What's up, hardies and hardos? Finally back at it again after last week off, and we're joined here by, I'm referring to him as CFB Mike, our college football specialist, <laughs> Mike CFB Brown. Mike. I CFB Mike. I like it, honestly. Yeah. Wow. That's his new nickname. What a name. <laughs> Honored. Honored. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with some breaking headlines. There was a, a lot of random things that happened this past week. The, uh, I guess we might as well. I'm going to steal the first headline yeah, from you, Buzz. Yeah, do it. Do it. Because the first headline is a nice personal one for me. Um, I got a shot at the new squad, Bemidji State, D2 uh, NSIC conference. About to about to roll up on you, on y'all. Um, yeah, so I got Dang. a job up here. So I'm pretty lit Sheesh. for me coaching some, coaching some volleyball. So, yeah, if you want to check us out, do it up. Find the stream. You'll see me on on the sidelines. So, yeah. I'm, Shout out to, I'm gonna, the, to the team. I'm gonna add all the NSIC coaches when we tweet about this episode and say, "Yeah, Check out add them up, add them yeah. up." Yeah. See Let's what go. they have to say about that. Exactly. They probably be laughing. No, that's in my awesome face. though. That's awesome though. Congrats, my guy. But back into the breaking headlines now. We might as well start with something we talked about right before we pulled on this episode, and that would be. Kaprizov is returning to America, and it seems like another Russian news. We're making the trade for Brittany Griner and finally getting her back too. So, what do you boys think about that? All that stuff. Yeah, I mean, glad to have Kaprizov back. Um, I don't she, know if we can say the U.S. is winning that trade with Russia for uh, Reiner, but good to have all the Americans back on American soil, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, the guy, I mean, we're giving up, we're giving an arm, an arms dealer. And it's like, in my head, arms dealer gets taken, another one takes his place. So it's like, eh, is what it is. But I can see the argument that uh, giving them an arms dealer back is losing the deal. That's a, that's a fair (laughs) way to think about it. um, As far as real goes, as far as Krill goes, yeah, the I mean, not only for his own safety, but for the fact that the wild season would be completely pointless without him. So glad to have him Major back. Facts. Russia really sucks, and these two uh, these two stories really highlight that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, on to the NFL. Number of different signings. First being Kyler Murray. This happened a while ago. Five years, two hundred thirty million dollar contract. That seems to be. The going price uh, nowadays for QBs, that was a very similar contract to Sean Watson, except uh, main difference would be the guaranteed money there. But, yeah, that, seem, that seems to be the going price, about 40-some 40, 40 million for a good QB. I mean, you want a good – that's how you win, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Big thing is, too, for me, is it's like, yeah, that might look like a bad deal right now, but with all the quarterbacks about to sign, it's like – in two years, he's going to be the eighth to tenth highest paid quarterback, and then that's a good deal. So I guess right. I'd rather I, as much as people say you don't have to do this, I really do think it's better in the NFL to pay your guys early because if you pay them early, the cap always goes up. Your deals always look better in the end, even if you overpay a tad bit. And especially like you said, the Cardinals were absolutely dog water before Kyler Murray came. They won three games, yeah. and he's improved their record every single season. So I feel like you got to sign him up. Yeah, I agree. I wish I would have uh, looked up how many quarterbacks they had since Kurt Warner until they got Kyler Murray. I didn't look that up, but I'm sure it's quite a few. A, a lot. 
or yeah. or how many quarterbacks they've had throw over three thousand yards since Kurt Warner. That's, that'd be a better stat to know. <laughs> they got Ooh. Palmer. Palmer had one good, one or two good years in there for him. I, yeah, I think, that's true. But... Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about that one, Mike? Yeah, I mean, every year someone sets the market right for highest paid quarterback ever, and it just keeps on stringing down the line. And yeah, definitely Kyler Murray, great candidate. Uh, a lot of people threw him a lot, or he's eaten a lot of crow from a lot of people uh, when he chose football over baseball. And uh, right. now he's making that bankroll. I think they said that this contract's total worth is worth more than the A's total payroll <laughs> on their active <laughs> roster. Wow. I heard that somewhere. It's like, you know, I so, believe it though. Yeah. Who says you can't get your bag playing football, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Completely agree there. Another extension was Debo Samuel, three years, 71 and a half mil with 58 guaranteed. Uh, a couple months ago, this didn't look like this was going to get done. I thought they were going to, honestly, I thought they were going to have to trade him. I didn't think he was going to get, they were going to get this deal done, but they ended up giving him what he wanted. So it worked out for both sides. And it'll be interesting to see what Debo does with Trey Lance now taking over at QB. Yeah, um, they, he also had a clause there too to make up to two million, essentially two million more per year, um, depending on rushing yards and rushing carries and rushing touchdowns. So even though he doesn't so, want to do that, no, he doesn't want to do that. But if the but if the Niners end up making him do that, they have to pay him more money. So kind of, I thought that was a expected a nice part of the deal. I didn't think Debo was going to sign either. This kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I did not think they were going to get this done. But obviously when you have a young quarterback like Trey Lance coming in that you're a little sus about, at least in some aspects, you got to keep a guy like Depot that he can just feed the ball to like, cause like, otherwise it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Agree. Mike, any, any final thoughts or we all on the same page with the Depot are signing? Yeah. I think the, the only thing you can really say is there's no one happier about this than Trey Lance uh, going right. into his first full year as a starter. So, uh, that's all I'd re- uh, reiterate there is that <laughs> Trey Lance, if he wants to have a big year, he's going to need some superstars around him. And uh, Debo yep. definitely helps having him locked in. Absolutely. Last one, not as big, a uh, little minor one here. Julio signs with the Bucks, one-year deal. Uh, this could be good for them if he ends up staying healthy. Right now, I mean, with everyone healthy, he's WR3. So Julio Jones is your WR3. That's That's looking pretty good for you. Uh, but again, this this is all gonna come down to him staying healthy and just yet another weapon for Tom Brady. I guess I have to be a low key Bucks fan this year. Gross. Go. He was my favorite player. Oh, this is oh. welcome to the bandwagon bus. Welcome oh. along. Welcome along in the old bandwagon ski. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the Bucks receiving core once Godwin gets back of Evans, Godwin, Jones, and Gage looks pretty pretty decent. So that's that's always good. For the old Russell goat. Gage maybe, WR four. Maybe we'll like get uh, he'll get his he'll eight, get his eighth ring and he can finally finally get out of us his life. If he gives if he <laughs> gives my boy Julio a ring after he already stole the one from Julio, <laughs> I might change my opinion about Tom Brady. <laughs> Ooh, so Tom Brady's got Buss's opinion on the line. Yep, I'm gonna tweet it at him too. Just so he knows. He probably won't see a tweet, but just so he knows. No, of course not. And if he did, oh he just absolutely roast your ass. Took so. eight rings to change an opinion? That's crazy, boss. Yeah, I know. Bus is looking, That's crazy. Bus is looking pretty sus right now. That's all I got to say. Yeah. What, lots, of, 
Lots of Vikings fans are happy about that Julio signing. Uh, there was definitely wind about him going to Green Bay possibly. And uh, I think the only thing yeah. scarier than uh, Brady and Julio is Julio and Rodgers. Against us twice a year. Against, yeah, the, yeah, Vikings, against, year. against the Vikings <laughs> secondary. Yeah, that's pretty, exactly. that's pretty scary. Yeah. Well, let's jump right. into a little more serious news now. Still NFL related though, Deshaun Watson. Uh, he got his suspension six games. That's what I honestly figured it'd probably end up being six or eight games just because I know that the NFL is a joke and they don't know how to equally – I don't even know how to phrase that, but hand out equal-natured punishments, and it's it's ridiculous to me. I mean, we all know – I'm just throwing one out, for example. We all know this hit was absolutely vicious by Vontez Perfect. We all know the hit. But he got suspended 12 games for that. 12 games, double the amount. And Sean Watson had over 20 allegations of sexual assault against him, almost all of which had to be settled in civil court. So I I don't know. You guys need to chime in here. This is an interesting, interesting suspension to me. Yeah, and I think the side note there that a lot of people are calling is that, oh, well, he didn't play at all last year. And, well, a lot of people forget is that that was on his terms. Even if they would, he wasn't suspended, he wasn't going to get put on the exempt list because he himself would not suit up and play for the Texans last year because uh, I was Correct. just playing a trade. So uh, anybody saying he's already been out of the year for a game, that was on his terms. So uh, really I think six is light. Uh, I understand the perspective from the third party judge that was like yep uh, that's on par with what's has been happening but now there's an opportunity for Goodell to swoop in and look like the superhero and uh add on to that because the players association said they wouldn't appeal but the NFL did not make that agreement so they ultimately have the power to adjust that suspension as they see needed I think they have like 48 or 72 hours or something to do that but Goodell can come in and make it right Help his image. I, do we think he's gonna do that though? It's a good P. It's good PR for him. I'll tell you that. If you tell you know can uh, to make is. things right, so that's where I could see the. I mean, a lot of people. Everything he does, he's damned by everything he does. So, uh, right to be positively viewed by a decision he made for once would be a nice uh, change of pace for him in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, I I just like you said. Mike, it's definitely understandable the six game ruling in the context of the history, but I'm about to rip the NFL for the history. Ezekiel Elliott, domestic abuse, six games. Jameis Winston, sexual assault, three games. Kareem Hunt, we all saw that, eight games. But then Josh Gordon gets caught smoking weed and gets suspended for a year. And Calvin Ridley gets suspended for a year for betting on games when he was hurt that he was not involved in and had nothing to do with. <laughs> I, I don't know. In my head, that is the absolute most asinine thing of all time. We're suspending guys for, for, yeah, things that are bad that you should get suspended for. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but I think the punishment should be reversed. When you're actually harming another human being, that, then we're, we're right. lightening the suspensions. Those would be the year and year and two year and indefinite suspensions. 
but stuff like smoking weed and betting on games is indefinite in a year. The betting on games thing, I do understand. I, I, I get it from that perspective. And he knew what the punishment was in the Calvin Ridley situation. I just think the overall system is messed up in how we're viewing punishment-wise with the personal conduct policy. Yeah, I I mean, I can't say any more than that. That's completely factual, and I'm completely in agreement there. Is that it? We're, we're done roasting the NFL. Go, everyone, go ahead and rewind the last 30 seconds. Listen to Spinning Talk Games. He put it the best way possible. So just NFL needs to figure it out. I don't know how else to put it. And we as a society need to figure it out, too. Absolutely everyone needs that. to figure it out. Yeah. Stop For assaulting sure. people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The last one here, somber news. Bill Russell passed away at the age of 88. Honestly, one of the most, if not the most, um, decorated and impactful athlete in sports history, not just basketball. Uh, what he did on and off the court, uh, I don't think can ever really re be replicated. Uh, some quick facts for you. 13 years he played. He won 11 rings, five MVPs, and 12 All-Stars in 13 years. So, again, you can say what you want about the competition he's playing against, but he absolutely dominated his era. He did what he was supposed to do. And, yeah, the stuff he did off the court is absolutely amazing what he did for um, battling social injustices and racism and all that stuff. Uh, he even was awarded a Presidential Medal of Freedom, for those that know either. So just an amazing dude. And, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about Bill Russell. RIP Bill Russell. Monster. Stud. Bill Russell was one of the big um... – life-changing sports figures, the Muhammad Ali types, the, the types that made more influence outside of the game than in the game. And in Bill Russell's case, that's saying a lot. I mean, this man right. played played as, as a African-American in Boston in the 60s. So I think we can all imagine about the horrible, awful things that he was said to him and done to him and, and all that type of stuff. And it's just like, he was really the first guy to be like a lot of the modern NBA guys in social justice and, and how, how that influences. So I think just the, the precedent he set for the NBA in that regard is huge. And obviously the best winner in NBA history for sure. And, uh, and he won two of those championships as a player coach, which is something that's pretty sweet. That is yep. definitely obviously not common in NBA history. Yeah, for sure. I'd just say, like, just his timing and his impact throughout, you know, history between the civil rights and the game of basketball is just absolutely, you know, I don't think it could be replicated. Uh, so I just think it's absolutely phenomenal what he was able to accomplish. And I think, you know, you talk about playing 13 years in the NBA, he had a lifetime's worth after that, after he was over, where he was, you know, uh, an ambassador of the game and, uh, you know, African American. African-American culture in general uh, for, you know, 50 years after he was done playing. So absolutely unbelievable. All right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yep. RIP. Right. Major. Major RIP. One last quick, two last quick fun facts I want to throw out about him. First African-American coach in North American sports history to win a championship. And also his 11 championships is the most out of all sports in North America as well. So, again. What he did is not going to be replicated. This man was amazing on and off the court. So, RIP. Now, turning it over 
to some better news here. College football preview part two. We're going to talk ACC, SEC, and predict our award, major award winners. So let's just start with the ACC because it's clearly way worse than SEC at least. And I don't know. This is a conference last year. We had Pitt winning it all over Wake Forest. Uh, they were two and four in bowl games. One interesting note, I saw three of their three bowl games got canceled. So I didn't see really any other conference that had to deal with canceled bowl games like the ACC did. Uh, six and 16, the ACC was against power five teams. Um, and only five of the 14 teams went above 500 last year. So those are just some fun facts about last season. Um, what do you guys think about the ACC heading into this year? CFB, Mike, start us off. All right. Yeah, I think that this this uh, conference is a lot better than people will give it credit for. I think this might have the best top-to-bottom quarterback play of any conference um, with the talent there between, um, you know, Brennan Armstrong, Sam Hartman, uh, yeah, Tyler Van Dyke down in Miami. Um, those three, just to name a few. Uh, and the big one, Devin Leary at NC State. You know, all those guys, I think that uh, – they're just going to be able to beat up on each other. And everyone loves to talk about Clemson. Uh, but I think it's going to be about the other teams this year. And uh, Clemson still trying to climb their way back. And uh, there's a lot of experienced teams uh, from 2021 coming back for 2022. So I think that they're going to be able to beat up on each other. It's going to be really hard for a team to find its way out and uh, get to the college football playoff. So. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's good top to bottom. I think essentially, though, it's really a two-team, a two-team race to to win it. I think Clemson and NC State are kind of clearly the best two teams, if I gotta be honest. And I think that one of those two is is pretty clearly gonna, um, sorry, gonna be the best team um, in the ACC. So it, it so is. So you got to pick one, then who are you gonna go with? Clemson. Too much. Too much history. I think I think DJ's gonna have a comeback year. I honestly do. I think last year was was maybe Tim being too young and not understanding and just rough. But he had some good moments, good passes, some some kind of standouty things at points. So I think he could step up and and do enough to to with the rest of the talent that Clemson has to, to make it happen. Well, I'll just jump right off of that. I got Clemson as well. And um I just I'm looking at it as they they got a good amount of returners coming back, and last year was one of their worst offensive seasons in in their program history, and they still won ten games. They still were an overtime loss away from going to the ACC championship. So I think I also expect to step forward like Spinny just said, but I'm going to run with Clemson this year. Yeah. Who do you got? Because I know you don't have Clemson. Yeah. I'm rocking with NC State. I'm uh, I'm all I'm all aboard the NC the the Wolfpack. Uh, one thing I'll say about Clemson, uh, you know, DJ obviously has a lot to prove, but the big thing, bigger thing, I think that not a lot of people are talking about is Brent Venables leaving, uh, for Oklahoma. Uh, he's been so important to the, the build of that program. And I think Dabo is only as good as uh, the assistants that kind of prop him up. And now that the best one he's ever had is gone, how does that team respond? And, uh, I just think with all the returning talent from NC State and, you know, Devin Leary, uh, and I think they had three first-team all-ACC 
uh, defense players back returning for this season. So that defense is going to be nasty. That'll be huge. Um, yeah. And you have a pass-happy offense. I just think it's a recipe for just pure explosiveness and a lot of points, maybe even a lot of blowouts, maybe a lot of three-touchdown wins. Who knows uh, in the ACC? But I think NC, NC State's the most exciting, and that's why I'm picking them uh, to win the ACC this year. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, what Spinney said a while ago that I, I feel like those are the best two. And I, I would be shocked if it wasn't one of those two to win it all. So um, I agree with what you said, Mike, that the ACC has been is pretty solid, actually, and it should be a lot better as a whole coming into this year. But, yeah, I, I still expect those two teams to be a top of the, the standings come the end of the season. Uh, one offensive player I want to shout out. Uh, was Zay Flowers, wide receiver for Boston College. He statistically took a, a step back last year compared to his freshman year, but that's because the starting QB was hurt for most of the season. Uh, who he now has back again. Just a very, very fast short receiver, I think. Right now he's projected third round, and if he and if he does really well, they're, they're talking about – saw a lot of articles saying that he could climb up into that early second range if uh, he's able to replicate what he did his freshman year which I think he could if his quarterback's able to stay healthy. What about you guys? Who do you, you guys got any offensive players you want to shout out? Players to watch? Honestly, I went, I went with Devin Leary. I think this is an obviously an obvious one, but man, the, 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 the guy went 35 and five last year and I think the team's better. And obviously we talked about all the improvements NC State has made. So I think I think there's some there's some low key Heisman odds maybe from Devin Leary if if NC State is at the top end of what a lot of people think they could be and if if he plays to where a lot of people think he could play so this could be 45 ish touchdowns maybe this year from Devin Leary which would be some which would be crazy so so that's that's who I wanted to shout out even though it's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Good pick, good pick. Yeah, I think that going off that I mentioned the quarterbacks before. Uh, I'm going to shout out Tyler Van Dyke from uh, University of Miami. And I think that, you know, last year he had 25 TDs, six interceptions. Uh, he didn't play the full season. He didn't start the season, uh, but he worked his way into that starting role uh, when his number was called. I'm really intrigued how that offense works now with uh, Mario Cristobal coming down from Oregon. And I think they're one of those teams that I don't think they can win it this year, but I think that they can they can get tough against Clemson. They can get tough against NC State, and that quarterback play is definitely uh, one of those reasons. So I think Miami's a team to watch out for, and Tyler Van Dyke's uh, one of the guys that can help them uh, big time this year. Yep, I, I like those thoughts. I agree uh, about Miami. Looking at Heisman odds, I looked it up. Tyler Van Dyke's in at plus 3,500, and Leary's sitting at plus 5,000. So – want to throw a little sleeper bets down those are some good odds there tyler van dyke uh, better odds than leary that that is a little yeah, surprising as of me, right now that's what it is i guess miami miami's got the clout program wise but man well hmm. these now that i'm looking at these are the draft king odds so might be True. different elsewhere but um now defensive michael jones syracuse i mean syracuse sucks we know syracuse sucks db though he this guy's really good tackler and uh, very athletic, extremely athletic. And the main, you know, it's kind of suspect. Oh, I put, I said DB. He's a linebacker. There you go. I don't even know my own guy. 
that makes more sense. Amazing tackler, super athletic, but he needs to improve in pass coverage to truly take a step forward this year. And if he does so, uh, he could jump up into the third, maybe late second. Right now he's sitting at fourth round. So just based off his athleticism and tackling ability, um, he's projected to be an NFL player at some point. So that, that's a guy to watch if he's able to improve his, his pass coverage. How about you guys? I I went with a Miami guy, uh, Leonard Taylor. He's a defensive tackle for Miami. Uh, Miami gave up 28 and a half points a game last year, so obviously was not good. He was one of the only uh, bright spots of that defense, and he comes back. Um, they're obviously going to have some huge struggle at linebacker, so I think the defensive front is going to have to um, – make some big plays in order for Miami to be as good as they want to be. And I think that could definitely happen. And uh, Leonard Taylor is definitely the guy, the lead guy there. So I had to go with one of the big men in the trenches and, and talk about a tackle a little bit here. I love it. <laughs> oh, well, you guys left me with uh, – I had a few NC State players I wanted to talk about, but I'll, I'll just pick one. Uh, I'm going to go with Drake Thomas, linebacker. He was returning first team all ACC. Um, he actually led the team in interceptions last year, the linebacker, with three, which is Damn. surprising. Um, but, yeah, I think that he's going to be the heart and soul, the middle of that defense, uh, where that has so much talent around them. Uh, I think he's going to be able to play a little more downhill since they have so much experience in the secondary and a lot of talent there uh, that you can really trust the guys behind him. And I think he's going to be a big-time playmaker this year for the Wolfpack. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, dude, they're – their defense is loaded. It's going to be exciting. I I do agree with you that I think NC State is probably the most exciting team going into this year. So oh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what that defense is able to do. Well, I think that's enough of the ACC. Let's jump to the SEC, uh, the best conference in football, as we know. Last year, 12 first-round picks, 65 total, just – ridiculous amount of athletes come out of this conference and get drafted. Uh, Bama won the SEC championship and then obviously lost the rematch to Georgia in the national title game. Uh, they were five and seven in bowl games, nine and six versus power five last year. Um, yeah. What do you guys think about this conference? Is obviously going to be loaded again. We got A&M looking at pretty good coming into this year as well. Uh, what are your initial thoughts heading into this season? Else for Alabama. I knew you were going to say that. Come on. No else for Alabama. Mike, what do you Bryce think? Bryce Young, we trust. Yeah. I think there, there's a lot of talent in the SEC. I think that surprisingly so, everyone talks about Georgia, the defending national champions. I think the SEC East is stronger than it has been in years past. Um, and there's a lot of Great. talent over there, a lot of offenses that can put up points. Uh, and then you got a Georgia defense that is – reloading and obviously they have four and five star talent but you know can they muster up the points to keep up with some of these teams if that defense isn't going to be quite as elite as it was you're talking about one of the all-time defenses they had in 2021 they had a lot of starters there so uh i think there might be a bit of a championship hangover for georgia uh, if i had to pick a champion i'm gonna go back to back with alabama coming out of the west I just think that, you know, coming out of the East, there's there's a chance that Tennessee could make some noise if it's not Georgia. Um, but ultimately, I don't think anyone out there, because just Alabama's the most, you know, well-rounded team in the SEC. 
I know it's a very vanilla take, but I got I got the Crimson Tide winning again this year. We all know my pick. I'm obviously running the Crimson Tide, and and based on that look Spinny gave you, I need to hear who his pick is. Please don't say Georgia after all that turnover they're gonna have. You You're know, gonna say Georgia, aren't you? You're gonna say thing. I I cannot pick Alabama. I can't. I I not only for the legitimacy of this pod, but for my own personal hatred of myself. I couldn't I couldn't sleep at night if I picked Alabama on this pod. And I do agree that Georgia is a little suspect given all the turnover, given how great they were last year. So I'm going to pick Texas A&M to win the SEC. I think uh, I like Jimbo's Fisher's fire in uh, talking about Saban. I think he was right. I think Saban's an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think Saban's an idiot. That part was a joke. But but I do think he was right about the NIL, and I think Saban only doesn't like it because it's harder for him to recruit. So I think a is harder, though? Ta- they Is have it? a lot of talent, obviously, with the NIL deals. They've got a ton of five-star recruits coming in. And I think maybe they just uh, show it up a, a year earlier than, w- than we think they're going to do. And uh, they might they pull off the uh, upset. SEC champs, Texas A&M. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like that prediction by you, but <laughs> I'll really accept like it. That. I'll accept it. And since you talked about A&M, I'm going to throw out my, my offensive player to watch this year, which would be – Oh my God! Tell me, if, help, help me if I butcher his last name. Devin Achen, Achen. What is it, Mike? I know you know. No, I don't. That's the thing is, like, I don't know. I say okay. Devin. Yeah, I don't know. All right, we're <laughs> running with Devin Achen, and that sounds good to me. Running back Texas A&M last year as the backup to Isaiah Spiller, who's now with the Chargers, nine hundred yards, seven yards per carry. So just. Terrific burst. What I think he's only like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, very short, super quick first step, very explosive out of the box. Um, this is definitely a name to watch. If he's put up 900 yards as the backup, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do as the lead back. And if he if he goes off, it's going to – that would help with Spinney's uh, prediction there with A&M being the champ. So we'll see We'll see how Devin Achen does this year. Mike, who do you got to watch on the offensive end? All right, I'm going to go – there's a couple different ways I can go here. Uh, I like Tennessee as just an exciting team to watch in general. Obviously, you got Hendon Hooker at the quarterback position. He had 31 TDs, three interceptions last year. But I'm going to go yeah, with that's... Cedric Tillman. I'm going to go with Cedric Tillman last year for this year. Um, he had uh, over, over 1,000 yards, 12 TDs last season. And, uh, you know, he's a big-body receiver. Big time playmaker, deep threat, and I think he he kind of helps that uh, Tennessee offense go. So uh, that's my player to watch and uh, potential Bolitnikov award winner. Ooh, okay, that's that's a bold prediction. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, Spinny's having some issues here, so we'll Mike and I will just jump to defensive player to watch. I'm gonna run with AJ Finley, safety out of Ole Miss. Uh, last year was third on the teams in tackle, which is – that's not usually what you see coming from the safety position. But, yeah, great great tackler. He uh, He's very consistent and well-rounded, but he does lack uh, some explosiveness, which that's ultimately going to hold him back in the draft and in the NFL. But um, his tackling ability, his ability 
to just be a ball hawk back there. He'll find his, his way on a team. I'm, I'm thinking he'll probably be a fourth or fifth round pick. And, but yeah, he's, he's a guy to watch going forward. If he was that good on Ole Miss last year, but again, this is Ole Miss's shitty defense. So that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree with that. Just, you know, he got a lot of opportunities for tackles in the secondary last year with uh, being on that Ole Miss defense, but yeah. I think that I think that Ole Miss team's gonna make a jump this year, uh, defensively at least. I would agree. Who's your uh, who do you got a shout out on defensive end? Oh, I got a guy coming from the all name team, Kool Aid McKinstry from Alabama. Yes, sir. Yes. So <laughs> Kool Aid. Uh, you, you know, we're talking about a guy that was uh, all freshman SEC last year. He didn't, you know, he doesn't really have a whole lot of stats to go by. Only one pick. And one yeah. pass breakup recorded in 2021, uh, but he found his way to play last year in that crowded Alabama secondary, and I think that that's uh, pretty significant. Uh, former number one cornerback in his class of 2021, uh, he really? significant yeah. playing time, and uh, I think he's gonna be an all all SEC first teamer this year. Could that's probably cool. get some national accolades in there, uh, but he's just the next in line of uh, many great Alabama DBs. You put it the best way possible. Many great. Let's go. We we love when Mike gives Alabama boys some credit here. Y'all got, got me back now. Sorry, I uh, had some technical difficulties with my computer. So, Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> All right, sweet. Sweet. Um, I hate Alabama, so rich history, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I want to talk about my offensive player, at least, before we – move on and that is will levis the kentucky quarterback um he had 2800 yards and 24 touchdowns last year only getting better i think that kentucky team could actually make hmm i don't want to jump too ahead but I, but i think they could be frisky i think we could see an eight and four nine and three type season from them which would obviously be something cool for a team that's that's never good but levis actually has some talent and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I think he's going to ball out this year. So, player to watch from a non-common SEC school. Is that your only player to watch? That's my only player to watch. Yeah, because all the players are in Alabama, right, Spinner? Nah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sure you are. Let's jump. Let's jump. Um to our awards, huh? We might as well predict these major awards. Let's just start with the Heisman right off the bat. I got CJ Stroud this year. I think I think he's just going to go off. He put up Heisman numbers last year. Uh, I think he's going to go off again. And for those that don't know, there's only been one person to win the Heisman twice. So that doesn't very bode well for uh, Bryce Young to repeat. Otherwise, I would yeah. just run with my boy Bryce Young. I agree. No repeats for Bryce Young, especially considering Alabama is going to be so bad this year. Wink. Um, no, I think I, but I, I do want to go with, a, I better want to call him a sleeper because he does have the second best odds um, currently to win the Heisman, but I was surprised by that. So I'm going to pick Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC. I think USC probably has three or four losses because their defensive talent is not good. Really, really bad. Um, overall, so they'll definitely lose a lot of shootout games. But Lincoln Riley's the quarterback whisperer. 
Um, I think their offense is going to be really fun. And I think we saw what Caleb Williams could do at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. And I think it can only maybe be even better at, uh, at USC. So I think, uh, yeah, USC has a little resurgence and Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. It's a good pick. Uh, you know, I was really, really trying not to pick Bryce. Uh, obviously, he has the odds stacked against him. Uh, uh, unlike the rest of my picks, I'm not going to go with an Alabama guy here, though. Uh, just like you guys. I think it's pick pick your Ohio State guy this year. Uh, and I know I, we talked about uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo. We talked about C.J. Stroud. I'm going to go Travion Henderson, uh, the other Buckeye. Maybe doesn't get as much uh, recognition. I think that everyone's going to sell out to try to stop the pass this year from the Buckeyes. And I think Travion Henderson is going to eat with those guys playing more off the line of scrimmage. There's going to be a lot of open holes for him to run through. So Travion Henderson is my pick to win the Heisman. That's bold. That is very bold. bold. I like There's it. so many weapons. So many weapons with Ohio State. So many. But I don't know. I, I'm I am still wary on C.J. Stroud. I, I think that he's going to ball out. He's going to do numbers. But, you know, when they weren't playing well last year, maybe it was because he was a redshirt freshman. Maybe he grows. Maybe he progresses. But I think that, you know, he gets rattled pretty easily. And I think that's something to watch going into this year. Maybe even week one against Notre Dame. Top 10 matchup. Absolutely, Notre Dame, Mike. <laughs> we'll plug Notre Dame later in this, in this episode. Okay, okay, okay. Travion looking at these uh, same odds I was looking at before, sitting at plus 3,500. We got Jackson Smith at plus 2,500 and CJ Stroud at plus 250. Bryce Young's plus 350, Caleb Williams plus 700. So interesting to, to watch going forward. Davey O'Brien, I mean, obviously, since I picked CJ Stroud to win the Heisman, Davey O'Brien, if he would, or I mean, C.J. Stroud, if he were to win Heisman, would obviously win the Davey O'Brien Award, which is the best quarterback in the nation for those that don't know. So that's a pretty obvious prediction by me there. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously am going to go the same way. Obviously, if Kevin Williams win the Heisman, he's going to win the DOB. So pretty self-explanatory ones there for me and Buzz. There you go. Since I picked a running back to win my Heisman, uh, I'm actually going to go with Bryce, Bryce Young to win Davey O'Brien uh, since I got a running back. Uh, winning the Heisman. Uh, but just to say, it doesn't always shake out that way. Sometimes the best quarterback is on an eight and three, or sorry, eight and four, nine and three team. Uh, so the best quarterback, it, this is typically a stats award. It's not quite like the Heisman. So something uh, something to watch there and pay attention to. Yeah, that's a good point. These are all basically stat awards. No doubt about it. Uh, let's jump to the Doak Walker running back award. I'm going to go. Episode 23, I said he has the potential to win it. I'm just going to run with him, and that's the John Robinson, Texas running back. Uh, I expect a big year out of him and a definitely step forward year from Texas, for sure. They can't they can't repeat record-wise what they did last year. They're going to get a ton of heat. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think I, I talked about in uh, episode 23, I talked about um, – my guy at running back in the Big Ten, I, I vouch for Braylon Allen. And uh, I think even though I called Travion Henderson the Heisman winner, I think that Braylon Allen probably beats his numbers just based on how one-dimensional that offense is for Wisconsin. But Wisconsin's going to be an 8-4, and 9-3 and three team. 
And I think every game that they win, Allen is going to eat. And I think every game they lose, Allen, you know, he might still eat. <laughs> uh, but right. the defense just doesn't make enough stops or what have you. We've seen this before. Um, I, I, I'm sticking with the pick uh, for my player to watch from the Big Ten, Braylon Allen. It pains me to say it. Uh, but I think he's going to be that one guy you look, look at on the Badgers this year, and you're going to be like, yep, far and away best running back in the country. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my player to watch from the Big Twelve, Kansas State running back Deuce Vaughn. I uh, I talked big about him in the Big Twelve, said he was gonna outplay to the Texas running back. So I got I got to back it up again, double down on my on my prediction. And uh, Kansas State, the best running back in college football in 2022-2023, will play for Kansas State. So I think <laughs> I think it's gonna be fun to watch. Honestly. I wrote down Braylon Allen and then crossed it off because I was like, nah, I just got to I gotta stick with Robinson and back him up twice because you just have to do it. And so I respect your your pick there, Spinny, but you're going to definitely be wrong because the best running back is clearly Deshaun Robinson. So. Capper. <laughs> At least for the Big 12. Okay, uh, Fred Blintenkoff Ward. Did I even say that right? Who cares if I said it wrong? Wide receiver. <laughs> this is usually – or not usually, but been a lot of Alabama boys winning this award recently. Uh, I'm actually flipping it. I'm going Jackson Smith. Uh, makes sense. If I have CJ, if I'm so high on CJ Stroud, it's made weapon. Jack Smith's going to put up crazy numbers again. So I think he'll win the the Fred Blintenkopf Award, best receiver in the country. Yep. Again, I have this man up in my Big Ten. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, will be winning the um, Blintenkopf Award as the best receiver in the nation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you guys hype. You guys love Ohio State, both of you, I can tell. But uh, I mentioned earlier in the episode. I, I, I don't love Ohio State. I think you do. You picked them to win the Big obviously. Come you on, come on, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'll just jokes, just jokes. I mentioned earlier Cedric Tillman's my player to watch in the uh, SEC on offense from Tennessee. Super electric last year. I think he's a dark horse. I don't think he actually wins it. I'm going to go with. Uh, Kayshawn Butte from uh, LSU. He had a season-ending ankle injury last year. He had nine touchdowns in six games. Uh, it can only imagine what he was going to do if he uh, didn't get hurt last year. A little bit uh, more interesting and maybe more secure quarterback play this year at LSU. Uh, so Kayshawn Butte, I think, uh, definitely takes that team uh, to the next level at LSU. I don't know if they're going to win 10 games this year. I think they probably get nine. Uh but he's going to be a big part of what they do. And I think uh, just looking at uh, Brian Kelly trying to make some fun no electric noise down there uh, in uh, Baton yeah, Rouge, I think that uh, that number one wide receiver spot is going to be a big big part of uh, them getting it done down there. So that's my Blitnikoff pick, Kayshawn Boutte. I kind of like that sleeper pick. I feel like a lot of people this year are either running with Jackson Smith like Spinney and I did or – uh, Jordan Addison, I feel like, is another popular pick. Back yeah. to back, Jordan Addison. Two different right. schools. I don't know. That probably yeah. has never been done. That before. probably has never happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's jump to John Mackey now, tight end. I'm running with Brock Bowers uh, from Georgia. Those don't know, he's a monster. He's definitely going to be a future first or early second round pick at some point. And last year as a freshman, 882 yards and 13 touchdowns. Just ridiculous numbers. 
and Georgia's going to be legit again. So he's going to be a, a touchdown threat all year. Yep. I, I had the same pick. I think we're looking at 1,050 to 1,100 yards and like 15 touchdowns. So absolutely uh, will be a crazy season at a tight end for him. There's so many tight ends around the nation. There's a lot um, of good ones. Yeah, and, and I think this is might be the most open award as far as odds um, um, to win. But but I think, honestly, Brett Bowers is, is the safe pick. So that's, that's where I went. Yeah, I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to go with uh, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Uh, okay. Last year. Yep, get a little uh, – some repping for Notre Dame in there. Let's go. So last year he had – 71 receptions as a tight end in college, which I think is absolutely amazing. Seven touchdowns, uh, nicknamed Baby Gronk. Because if you if you see him in pads, yeah. looks exactly like uh, Rob Gronkowski. And he has since the first day he stepped on campus as a freshman. Um, so it's definitely a well-fitting nickname. Uh, Notre Dame definitely embodies the tight end position. Uh, one of the best, I think, if you look through time, uh, Notre Dame probably has some of the best tight ends of all time. Uh, you know, Iowa probably has something to say about that, but uh, he's just the next in line for uh, a bunch of great tight ends that have came through uh, the University of Notre Dame. And I think they're going to focus a lot of the offense. Uh, they've had some changing of the guard at wide receiver. Uh, Kyron Williams has got it running back, uh, but he's the one mainstay there coming back for his junior year. And I think it's going to be a big one for him. I was wondering when you're going to shout out Notre Dame, honestly. Man, they always have good tight ends. They always do. It feels like they get the short end of the stick when it comes to voting for those things, though. So I'm holding out hope, though. Last award we're going to discuss, the Chuck Badernick Award, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I'm running with Will Anderson, Monster, Alabama. He'll be a top five pick. He's the studs, Benny. Come on. Top five picks. He's going to be – no doubt about it. If not, top 10 guaranteed. I will lock that in right now today. Uh, he won the Nagur, Nagurski. You act, like, you act like that's a big a big uh, risk there of you to take that the number one rated defensive player is going to be a top 10 pick. I said top five, but. Okay, top five, top five. Anyway, right, I just, I just had to call Nagurski. you out on your, on your ridiculousness there. Hey, you never know, man. Injuries happen, underperformances. Uh, we haven't yeah. seen one game yet, and I'm already locking them in in the top five. So, But he won the Nagurski last year, which is the other DPOI award. So I think uh, I'm drawing a blank on who won the Derek, but I think since he's he's the only returner that was uh, really a finalist for these awards last year, uh, if he's able to repeat his performance, which he will, uh, he's going he's gonna to win it. I would be shocked if Will Anderson doesn't. Yeah, you're still thinking too. I feel like it's an obvious. Jordan, it was wanted. someone from Georgia. It had to be. Was it Jordan Davis? Was it Davis? I think it was. Or was it was it Davis or Dean? Oh, Nicobe Dean, probably. Yeah, it's it was a you Georgia. Guys, uh, for sure. Give us your predictions, and I'll look it up. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, it's hard not to take Will Anderson. I think if you're going chalk, if you think, I mean, he is the best defensive player in all of college football. Um, I'm going to go a different route, though. I'm going to go back to the Georgia well. I'm going to say Jalen Carter. I uh, was kind of replacing Jordan Davis in the middle of that defense on the defensive line. Uh, last year, eight and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. 
you know, a second team all all SEC. And then you had Jordan Davis kind of was the real plug in the middle there. And I think this is the year he steps up. So as another guy besides Will Anderson, um, I'm going to go with Jalen Carter from uh, Georgia. But I don't – I mean, I think, yes, Will Anderson's going to win. But just to, just to be different, give us – Just to spice it up a little bit. Spice, us up, spice it up there, yeah. I want spice I like for it. this pick too. I think Will Anderson's going to win, as much as I hate to admit it. I think it's kind of a, a conclusion at this point. But I'm going to go to a place where not many DPOY awards come from in, uh, in 2022, and that's the Pac-12. And I'm going to pick Noah Ooh. Sewell. I think, I think he makes a lot of big plays, big splashy stuff on defense that, uh, that people love seeing in, in, uh, in college football. It's what makes it exciting, those, those show-stopping plays. And I think if he can back some of those up with consistent stats over the season, he could have an off, an off shot at, at winning this award. I like it. Uh, I looked it up. It was Jordan Davis who won last year, by the way. So. First guess. <laughs> Uh, let's briefly throw out our college football predictions. I, I don't know about you guys. I got Alabama one, House State two, Utah three I'm running with, and Georgia four. That would be my, my prediction right now. Today, I got Alabama over House State in the championship. All right. I got, I got Ohio State one, A&M two, Georgia three, and Clemson four. That's no my, Bama. That's my play. No Bama. No Bama. Well, hey, they didn't I make picked, it to the SEC title game. <laughs> yeah, I picked I picked A and M to to win the SEC, so I had to I had to back it up. Otherwise, I'd be I'd be backing up in my opinion. So this is where we're going. Um, and I think I think uh, I think Ohio State's going to pull it off. I got Ohio State over Georgia in the final. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. Can't believe that's this. Great. This is going to be a fat L segment at some <laughs> at some point. Is this on freezing cold takes already, or what? It will be. It's going to oh, be okay. Okay. Oh, well, I just think, so. You think Georgia's going to be undefeated, twelve and zero in the regular season? Then, huh? Yeah, I do. It's bold, but yeah, I think I think they're going to lose the Bama, the SEC ship, and that'll be it. Uh, I think A and M will have one loss. They'll beat they'll beat Georgia in the in the final, and they'll or Georgia, yeah, yeah, they'll beat Georgia in the final, and they'll both get in. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, yeah, it's definitely out there. But uh, yeah, my four similar two have, pluses. What? You don't have to be nice, Mike. You don't have to be nice. That, that I, <laughs> I got that. That was Minnesotan for. Wow, your picks are shitty. So oh, you don't have to, you don't have to sugarcoat for me. Roast me up. Roast me up. Yeah, no, I think uh, we kind of, I kind of alluded it to it earlier when we were talking about the ACC. Uh, I just think this year they they cannibalize itself, and that leaves them outside of the college football playoff. Uh, Clemson getting out of the ACC with one loss, I think, is going to be tough to do. Uh, like we said last episode, no committee has put in a two-loss team ever, and I think that's where Clemson's going to be at again again this year um but yeah three out uh, i'd see what'd you have you had a&m ohio state georgia and clemson so two two like sleeper picks in there so i mean amen good for you pin that one up on the wall uh we'll see how she goes yeah exactly (laughs) all right give us your picks mike all right so similar to bus i uh i have bama one osu two 
Utah three, and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at number four. Woo! So I wrote them down as a sleeper. I they did. are a sleeper. Uh, so the tough thing for Notre Dame is that their schedule doesn't set up very nicely. Uh, week one, you get Ohio State in the shoe. And then you got to go to Vegas to play a neutral site game against BYU, who is uh, another one of those sleeper teams. Uh, and then you got Clemson at home and then at USC. So you have four tough games in there. And if you start out 0-1, you have no room for error when you're done playing a conference. So I think that Notre Dame plays Ohio State tough week one, but you can't put them at three regardless of how they play against Utah uh, because – since they already kind of played each other, there's never been a college football playoff rematch from the regular regular season um, in the semifinals. So um, I think you got to put Ohio State at two, even if they're better than Bama, just some committee politics uh, there. Yeah, so yeah. Notre Dame gets stuck with Alabama. Um, Ohio State gets Utah. And I think it's going to be Ohio State beating Alabama in the national championship. Get yeah, uh, out of here. All right. Hey, hey, I'll tell you this. I think Ohio State on offense has more athletes than, than Alabama does this year. It's one of those rare occasions where the Big Ten team is more talented than the SEC team. And Alabama's defense may be better on paper, but we'll see uh, how Jim Knowles coming over from Oklahoma State with how good their defense was last year. Uh, if he can do that for Ohio State this year and get those boys playing right, because uh, Ohio State's defense was not very good last year, uh, but no. they're loaded up with four and five star guys. There's no reason that it can't work. So I'm putting my trust in them. They don't need to get many stops, just one or two stops. And uh, CJ Stroud and team will take the rest. That's honestly, I didn't expect that out of you after after episode 23. You were not, you know. You didn't. You were not very high on Ohio State, and you weren't so far in this episode either. But you think they're going to win it all, huh? Yeah, I just think. Well, comparing them to the rest of the Big Ten, I just I think it's a foregone conclusion they're going to win the Big Ten. Uh, there's a lot of exciting players, but I think there's a lot of there's more broad topics to talk about in the Big Ten outside of just you know knob slobbing on Ohio State. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I think, you know, when you stack them up against the SEC, I'm a big conference guy, rep the Big Ten. And, uh, yeah, I think that Ohio State, this if there's ever a year for them to get it done, it's this year. All right, that's like fair. And Bryce, and Bryce Young, we trust, though. So. No, Bama's not even making the playoff. It's a gross prediction, Spinny, but Wait, we'll accept her. Skip Bayless, we'll take it here. <laughs> Yeah, that was all, all. That take was completely centered on hate. You're right. It was. So that was, was a Skip Bayless take. Yeah, it was exactly. I'm admitting it. We admitted it, but I hope it comes true nonetheless. All right, y'all. Let us know actually down below on the comments what you guys thought. That was it for a college football preview. Last, uh, we ran through three conferences first time. Talked about the other two in our predictions this week. So let us know what you guys thought about that. And we're definitely looking forward to having CFB Mike on the pod throughout uh, this college football season. Are you boys ready for trivia or what? I'm feeling good. Yeah. feeling confident. Um, I can't let Spinny win anymore. I'm honestly not feeling too confident because I've got all college football-themed questions. And uh, so 
so I think I might be in the in the least knowledge of my own questions. So I don't know. But you don't answer your own questions. Yeah, I don't answer my own questions, but I think Mike, I think Mike's gonna be good at answering my questions. That's not true. To jinx good him, point. Not to jinx him. Well, we'll start with the guests. Mike, go ahead. Give us your easy question. All right, easy question. What? Or sorry, which college has had the most players drafted all time in the NFL draft? Alabama, final answer. My roommate's dog keeps breaking into my room. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Notre Dame, final answer. Point for Spinny. Off the bat. Is it really Notre Dame? It's close. Oh. It's close. Bama's closing the gap, but it's still Notre Dame right now. Yeah. Damn, I didn't sir. even know that. Let's go. That's a quick 1-0 deficit by me, SMA. All right, Bus, you're going next, Bus. Okay. Easy question. If you guys don't get this, I'm slapping you both. Who did the Vikings trade their 12th pick to this year? What NFL team did they trade it to? Detroit Lions, final answer. Detroit Lions, final answer. Correct. To the Lions. I didn't think about that for a second. <laughs> who did it turn into? Oh, James who, who's Williams. taking Yeah. Alabama. Spinner, are you ready, dude? You're still going mm-hmm. through these technical difficulties over here. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sketching out. You still can't see me? Nope. On. Can't see you. But we can hear you. Can you, you can hear me? So give us, okay. give us your question. All right, I'll give you more question. Who is the all-time single-season rushing yards leader in college football? Who has the record for the most single-season rushing yards? Single-season rushing yards. I'm going to make Bustler go first on this one because I know. I I want to say Barry Sanders, final answer. Barry Sanders, final answer. Correct. Let's go. I got a lead on bus. Let's go. I'm in last. Yeah. Alice for Bussy. Two, two, one, heading into the mediums. Back to me? Yep, back to you. All right. My medium level question is what defensive player has the most career interceptions in NFL history? Most interceptions? I should know this one, too, I feel like. I'm, I'm trying to think of Madden. I'm envisioning the Madden <laughs> rank when I go on to look at my own players because it's always old guys. I, I think I actually know the answer. You're saying career or season? Career. Career. Oh, God. No, maybe, maybe I don't know, actually. There is a Viking in the top three, though. That I do know for sure, but I don't think he's number one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rod Woodson. I think it's I think it's Night Train Lane. I think it's Dick Lane. Night Train Lane. Final answers. Yeah. Final, final answer. 
Minnesota Viking Paul Krause with it is Paul Krause. Damn it! And Rod I Woodson. I said is, it. Oh. Yeah, Rod Woodson is ten behind him with seventy-one. It's that he's like the closest player in the modern era. So is and, Rod second? Uh, I think he's third. I think Night Train Lane is up too. I just know, like, I'm just thinking like modern era players when I was looking at the list, and I was like, Charles Woodson had like sixty-five, like mid-sixties. And it's like that play that record is never going to be broken. Like, and Rod Woodson played forever and he got to 71. So Paul Paul Krause was my was my thought when I said I knew a Viking was in the top three. I just ah, oh, yeah. number one. Wow. I'm I, stumping I just, him today. I got some toughies, I guess. I just looked yeah. it up. Yeah, Krause has 81. Woodson's third was 71. Um, Dick Lane is 68. He's fourth. Darren Sharper would be like our generation's highest. He used tied for sixth, 63. Charles Ooh, Woodson had we don't, 55. We don't talk about that, man. Oh, that man doesn't get yeah. that. Yeah, that we don't like any mentions on our show. Except yeah, uh, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Dan Shopper. Oh, my dick. <laughs> the greatest touchdown celebration of all time. Back. All right. All right. Got that. Wow. I suppose it's my turn now. Medium question. Which team? God damn it. I feel like Mike's going to win. get this one. Which team has the most wins in program history? College football, Division One. Wins. Well, there's only three teams that it could be. Spinny, go for it. I I think it's yep, Notre Spinny, Dame. Go first. I'm gonna say Notre Dame again. I'm going with Michigan. Ding ding! The answer is Michigan has the most Let's wins. Program so the story, Alabama's a little background. Alabama was two. Yeah. So my Notre background Dame. on why I knew it wasn't Notre Dame is that Michigan, the University of Michigan, is actually the school that taught. Notre Dame how to play football in the early days, uh, really, in the late 1800s, and uh, uh, that's kind of how the rivalry started because Michigan taught them how to play football, and then Notre Dame got better than them, and better, so that's yeah. how they started the beef. <laughs> Dang, let's go! Mike's just running us. I'm on one today. I think you're gonna get mine too, honestly. I don't know why I made college football questions with CFB Mike in here. Wow. <laughs> That's an L by me. What's who, yours, hold, who holds the single season passing touchdowns record? Oh, oh, this is um. Oh no! Uh, you talking about wait? Is this college? College single season passing touchdowns record. Ah, no, this you got is it. Boss. Go ahead, boss. Oh no. I think I know the team. Can't think of his name right now. I'll give you half a point if you can get the team. Oh my gosh, this is gonna drive me insane because maybe this is wrong, but I feel like Houston is the team. Wrong. Okay. I actually don't have an answer. I can't. What? 
Why let's just throw, let's just throw. Let's just throw. Fine, let's just take Peyton Manning. Wait, what? <laughs> I'd rather take an L than throw out a completely inaccurate answer. Because oh, I know God. it's not Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning's my final answer. Spain's making me guess. I can't remember if he broke if the, was this record broken recently? Yeah. Joe Burrow, LSU. Final? Final. It was Joe Burrow, isn't it? It was not Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow <laughs> broke the record in 2019. And then the record oh, it's broke Zap. again. Or it's, it's, Bailey Zapp it's Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. Oh, Kentucky. yeah. From Western Kentucky. Oh, I was, so I was thinking Colt Brennan, right? Because I remember he had the record. And then Burrow did break it. Burrow then, did break it. And then, and then Zappi broke it again. That, good, good question. Good question. Wow. All right. Hard round. The score four for Mike, two for Spinny. One for me. Things are looking pretty bad for me over here. It's all right. I'm about to get Mike's hard questions, though. There it is. Yeah, so am I. I'm ready. What NFL wide receiver holds the record for most receiving yards in a single game? Why couldn't you have said catches? Oh, I know. Everyone knows that one. I know that one. Yards. Um... Hmm. Bus, what are you doing over there? It's it's definitely um no, I don't know, honestly. My guess would be You're, you're think, searching it right now. Yeah, are you googling it over there. I see your screen I'll share my screen. <laughs> you want me to share my screen, boys? Let me move the browsers around quick. And then yeah, I'll yeah. Now he's moving around right now. It's all right. Exactly. Okay, oh, I'm throwing out. Man. Okay, but it probably isn't this guy if it's a hard question, though. Calvin Johnson's my my final guess. I think he had – I feel like he had a 300-yard game there once, or upper 200s. Anquan Bolden is my Those final answer. Very good guesses. Well, the answer is Willie Flipper Anderson. Willie Anderson still has nice. – What was it? How, what year was that? Thirty-six in? yards, and it. Three. So Julio was the closest to breaking it. He had one like, was it twenty sixteen? The year they won the Super went twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. He had over three hundred yards. That's I think right. he was like the last yeah, guy did. to do it. Um, right. But yeah, did not break the single the single game record. So after Spinney's hard question for episode twenty three, that's when I decided to step it up a little bit. Um, okay. My hard question because I gave you guys a little bit of a meatball last last time for my hard question. Oh, my, I'm seriously going to get one point. I have to get Again. this. I have to get this. If you I have to get, get mine this, right here. Yeah. I If I don't get this and Mike or Mike gets it, Mike wins. Yeah. Because you could only tie him. If Mike gets this, he wins. Um, yeah. So here we go. Which, and again, I don't, I, I never knew this. So hopefully you guys don't know this. Which NFL team? Has played in both the AFC and the NFC Championship. Can can okay. Have they done it in the current city that they're in, or was this a movement based situation? Honestly, I don't know. I can look it up quick if you want to keep thinking. 
I'm just curious as to, like, did this team have the same name when they won, both of them? That's team name was the same, yeah. Okay. If this team has been in a different place, that I don't know, honestly. Let's see. Um. Yeah. Same name. Same name. Same city. Same, same city. Everything's same. Who was it? It's one of those NFC Central teams that flipped. It's got to be a really old team, yeah. I, I got a guess. I don't know if it's right, but wow! I can't believe these were the years too. This makes me feel even more no, dumb. No, that's I'd... not it. That's not it. That's not it. Um, five seconds. Three, two, one. Throw out an NFL team. Jacksonville Jaguars. Jack. Ah, that was my guess, damn it. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Both are incorrect. The actual answer is the Seattle Seahawks. Hmm. Seattle Seahawks, AFC Championship, 1983, NFC, 2005, 2013, 2014. They were in the AFC. This is what I'm saying. This is why I feel dumb. I never even knew this. They were in the AFC from 1977 to 2001. And that's when they switched from the AFC West to the NFC West. Did not know that. So, fun facts for you. I wouldn't have got that either if you guys asked. That that means Mike Brown either won or tied this. So, boss, I hope you get this question, but I don't think you're going to. Uh, Who? This question is one point. I will give you, it is one point for all, for three different things. Okay. Okay. The player, the year. And the team. Okay. Player your team. Single season record for college football interceptions. Single season record for most interceptions in a season. By a defensive player or quarterback? By a defensive player. And it is in our lifetime. Boss goes first. He played college in our lifetime? Yeah. That's what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably means my guess is wrong. Oof. Can I get the random? Yeah, that's what I was going to throw out. But can I get the random uh, hint of Power 5 team or just random ass team? Uh, I do think I do think they're Power 5. I do believe. Holy crap, boys. I don't even know if I have an answer to throw out for you. Drawing so many blanks here. Especially he said it's Charles. not Charles Woodson? Yeah, he said yeah. it's not Charles Woodson. That's what I was throwing out. 
most interceptions in the, for the for the history of college football, and this was in our lifetime. I was huh. I was in high school when this happened. Wow. I'm really feeling like an idiot. Okay, well, since we get since we get points for school and year, I'll at least throw out those. Uh, let's just go. Let's go 2013, and it was who's the team Spinny would say maybe a power five to. Um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati in 2013. You don't got a go. name. No. Don't I have a player name? Okay. No. I'm going to go with Tyron Matthew, 2011, LSU. I like it. You actually are all wrong on all of it. So it's, it's, no. Gerard, it's Gerard Holloman in 2014 for Louisville. Wow. Would have never got that. But, hey, I'll take the dub, boys. <laughs> <sighs> I was thinking about just like saying whatever Bustler said, so I would change it. <laughs> oh, that oh, would have been, that would have been smart. What? That would have been smart. Oh, oh man, I was gosh. so bad last week. I'm glad I could redeem myself. Oh, hey, at least I beat Bust, you know. I'm getting that, cranking that lead back. This is gross. One point for me. Just yeah, you suck. Need a. I'm going to spend all night just reading sports trivia online. <laughs> all all night, dude. Bus, bus at home Googling random sports trivia. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Bus. Right there. Yeah, 4-2-1 win for Mike. Mike, you're the second guest to ever win. Uh, third time it's happened with Forbrook beating us twice, that freaking rat. But, yeah. <laughs> all right, Mike. That's it. That's it for you, my guy. Thanks for coming on. Uh, designated college football expert for this That's upcoming cool. season. Looking hey, forward Mike. to many more episodes. Thanks, fellas. We'll talk to you soon. I got one question for you before I leave. Ooh. Let's hear it. As, as our week's trivia winner, you are free oh, yeah. to take one minute to talk about anything that you want. If you would like to take that minute, it is yours. It is yours. Winnie for the winnie for Mike. All right. So a lot of talk about college football. Oh, I muted you, not me. God damn it. Keep going. Oh, a lot of talk about college football realignment. And a lot of people ask if Notre Dame's going to join a conference. I think they are uh, going to join a conference. I think they will be ending up joining the Big Ten. Um, I think that. College football is only going to, you know, continue to move towards the conferences, continue to have more and more power. And Notre Dame, just being the large institution that they are, has been able to uh, weather that storm and just raise funds on their own and just have buku bucks come out of their alumni and donors, which is sweet. Uh, but, you know, you can't be raising billions like your TV deals do in the Big Ten. So uh, I think that'll be uh, something to look forward to in the next uh, few years. Uh, as the Big Ten gets another heavy hitter uh, with uh, Notre Dame and someone to compete with Ohio State on an annual basis. So really looking forward to that. Uh, that's it for now uh, for super exciting things uh, on the Notre Dame front. But 
We love I it. I like that. We love I'll it. I'll take love Notre it. Dame in the big time. That would be awesome. Somebody's got to compete, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, Mike. Exactly. All right. Thanks, thanks, thanks Mike. You're the best. Peace out. All right, y'all. That was it for our college football preview, as I said. Please, please actually drop comments below. We want to know what y'all thought about the college football preview since we've never talked about college football on this podcast yet. So we want to see what you guys think about that. Now we're actually going to start our NFL preview. Uh, this will be a multi-part type situation here. We will have uh, part one AFC released, obviously, right now. Part two, Part one NFC next week. And then uh, more towards closer to the beginning of the season, we'll do a part two for both AFC and NFC as well. So a lot of stuff to cover in the NFL, obviously. Today, we'll just throw out some some quick storylines to watch and give you very quick thoughts on the storyline and, and what you think. So, for example, we'll start in the NFC North. One storyline that uh, obviously is big, and we'll see how it goes or turns out for them, would be the Bengals. How do the Bengals play the season after losing the Super Bowl? Because uh, historically, it's been the losing team usually struggles the following season. Uh, historically, if you look at the records, uh, a lot of teams get worse the next season. So how do you think this – Spinny, how do you think the Bengals will play out their season? Yeah, I mean, as, as we'll see as, as we go, I, I think the Bengals will do well. I think they'll make the playoffs. But I think the Ravens will win that division. So I uh, – I, I think they'll make the playoffs. They might win around. Joe Burrow's always a wild card in the playoffs. You saw how that went um, last year, but but I think I think they'll take a slight step back. Okay, that's fair. I am um, a little bit higher on them than you are there, but I am in agreement that I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, so not too much of a fall off for them, honestly. But I do have them winning this division uh, as of right now. As of right now, uh, do you have another another storyline? you'd like to bring up yeah about um, the Bengals or about any other AFC North team yes sorry if I if I copy your storylines plus uh given my technical difficulties I don't have access to what your storylines are so That's um fine. but mine is going to be how many weeks will it take for Kenny Pickett to be the Steelers starter this is good. This is good. This is perfect for my second storyline, which is how are the Steelers going to be post Roethlisberger era? So we'll kind of we'll kind of both talk about both of these here. Um, you said how many games till he's a starter? Yep, I'm going four. I don't think they wait very four. long if he if he shows um, that he can compete well in in training camp and in, during the preseason. I don't think they wait long at all. I do expect uh, Trubisky would be my pick right now to start the season i would rather if i were the steelers i'd rather have him be out there than mason rudolph to be honest so um i expect trubisky to be in there for four-ish games four or five games and then uh they'll give the reins over to kenny pickett first round pick i like it i i have a current bet going on um twenty dollars on kenny pickett starting in week one so hoping it's a little earlier i can than see that, that but but the things coming out of training camp right now are, are very in favor of trubisky so but you never know. You never know. How long do you think you got to give a specific number? I mean, obviously, uh, you had 20 I bucks mean, on week one. I but. mean, yeah, given given all the things you've been reading coming out of Steelers camp, I'd say I'd say week – it, it depends on success. If the Steelers right. can have a little early season success with Trubisky, I think they'll stick with them. 
But if, if I had to put money on it now, I'd rock game six. I think four to six like is a good is a good realm. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, now more towards my question: How will they be? I'm expecting uh, a step back here. I don't think, in my eyes, I think they're the worst team. Um, which is tough to say because there's so many talented guys, but I think they will finish last in this division this year. So I think at least this year they'll take a step back. Mike Tomlin's too good of a coach, right? We've seen this every single year with him, that he is always able to at least get to 500 and compete. So amazing coach with Mike Tomlin. If they if they hit on Kenny Pickett here after a year of uh, him developing and, and just getting some game reps, as we know, that's just huge with young quarterbacks, just getting that game reps and, and just that extra knowledge. So – I think going forward, it could still be fine post-Roethlisberger era, but I do expect step back for at least one season. Yeah, that's fair. I, I definitely think it's a step back. I also don't think that Kenny Pickett will ever in his career be as good as Ben Roethlisberger. So, I agree. I agree so with that. I think, I mean, we're talking about an unbelievable Hall of Fame, undeniable talent, best I mean, you can you can talk top about Terry 15, Bradshaw. Top fifteen, right? He's got to be a lock for top fifteen. Yeah, top twenty, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, I don't care. You can talk about Terry Bradshaw all you want. Big Big Ben's the best quarterback in Steelers history, so it's hard to. I think it's hard to jump from Agreed. from that to success. I mean, you've seen how it's went with a lot of a lot of teams. You know, apparently the the Packers and Colts are the only teams that can have stud quarterbacks back to back apparently but right. even for the Colts it didn't work out when when luck retired early but but all I'm saying is when you go from a Hall of Famer to the next quarterback it's a big drop off 95% of the time so I think we're going to see that from the quarterback play of the Steelers yeah I agree well that's all I got for the AFC North um I, have, wanna... I do have one more AFC North question okay and that is related to the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Do you think the Ravens are legitimate Super Bowl contenders this season? Um, I think they are, but I do think they need another weapon. So I would like at some point during the season to make them even uh, a better con- contender for the championship. I would say add another receiver via trade. Uh, Again, I don't know who will be available, so I'm sure that'll be a deadline type situation. But I would like to see them get another weapon out there. And but yeah, I don't see why not. Lamar, Lamar Jackson is able to replicate anything similar to his MVP season. They'll be out absolutely unreal because their defense is loaded. So they they always have the running game. Harbaugh is a good coach. Yeah, they have everything in their favor. So I don't see why not. I agree. I think I think they win the division. I think there are as well. But I think there's a lot of sleep. Um, going on right now and a lot of hate on the Ravens for no reason. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, that that 1D corner just ripped Lamar or whatever. Just Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, when a guy says, I don't care if he wins 12 MVPs, I, he'll never he'll never convince me that he's a, a top tier quarterback. When, when, he, when, he said, when, when the guy says that himself, it's like, well, I, I, I think that speaks for itself. Right. <laughs> Uh, very quick, what are your power rankings for this uh, division, the AFC North? Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, one through four. 
Okay. Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. I'm going Bengals, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. Um, Especially now with the news that Sean will only be suspended six games, I definitely think that the Browns should be able to finish ahead of the Steelers record-wise. So I like them a little bit more than the Steelers. But that would be my uh, power rankings as of today. Now let's head into the South. Go ahead. Let's do it. I was just going to say, I think Deshaun's early absence will be too much. The Browns will be one and five by then, and uh, it will be too much to come back from. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Jacoby Brissett's able to do. <laughs> True. In the South, um, I don't know. There's there's two really – this is a division that's carried by two teams, obviously. Right now, at least, it's Titans and, Titans and the Colts, and the Jags and the Texans are terrible. So, my one of my storylines, I'll run with uh, a bad team here with the Jags. So, Travis Etienne didn't play at all last year, is now finally going to play. For those that don't know, he played with Trevor Lawrence in college. So, they already got um, very good chemistry. Uh, new system, new coach, all this coming together for the Jags. How How is this going to work in their new system? Like, what what are your expectations here for this, this first year with, with these new weapons and new coach? So I'm going to, we're going to talk about this on both sides as well, because I had a Trevor Lawrence related question that I'm going to play into this. Um, And that was how, how high do you think Trevor Lawrence, how good do you think Trevor Lawrence could be at the prime of his career? Top what quarterback in the NFL? Um, So you think about that and I'll answer your question. I think the Jags legitimately can go six and six and 11 or seven and 10. Um, somewhere in there. I think Trevor Lawrence takes a huge step up. To answer my own question, I think we're looking at a top five quarterback potential with Lawrence. I honestly do believe that. And I think he showed enough last year, um, despite the unbelievable dysfunction with Urban Meyer. Uh, So yeah, I, I think I don't think the Jags are legit contenders this year. They overpaid for their receiving core. Giving Christian Kirk $72 million is absolutely ridiculous. And they've, they've overpaid on a, on a lot overall. But sometimes you got to do that when you're trying to go from really bad to really good. And they still have a ton of cap room and young guys. So I believe that the Jaguars have no chance of winning more than seven games this year. But I do think that in two to three years, if Lawrence and Etienne's development is what we think it could be, that – they could be legitimate Super Bowl, legitimate contenders. Yeah, I agree with those thoughts. I, I'm expecting. I'm. I'm not even giving them seven. I'm saying like five. <laughs> I'm just shocked they win more than five, six games. Uh, but again, the the offensive efficiency. I'm definitely expecting a step forward this year. Um, hopefully they, their their lines better for Lawrence because I know he was. That man had no time whatsoever. So a lot of his throws were under a ridiculous amount of pressure. And as a rookie playing in your first ever games, you're going to make a lot of mistakes, a.k.a. interceptions. So uh, his stat line makes sense for the situation he was in. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to this new coach. I think he'll be better than bum-ass Urban Meyer. And hopefully Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence can uh, reconnect like they did at Clemson. Uh, To answer your question, I would say he does. I think I'm agreeing with you. I think he has that top five potential. Now, if I'm going to strictly answer your question and say what number he can get to, I don't I don't know if he'll crack the top five, to be honest. I don't know if he will. So thinking about young quarterbacks out there, we got um, Holmes, Allen, Herbert, 
Burrow, and I really am suspect to th- see think about if the, him being better than any of those four. And then you also got Lamar. You still got Kyler. You got those type of guys. So there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. I don't know if he's ever going to be truly better than those guys. But yeah, you just it's all going to all it takes is development and weapons, which which we know that Jags don't really have weapons. So get get that man more reps, more weapons. He definitely could jump into that top five. I like it. All right. So we both went 1-1. What do you got for your second storyline today? Mine will just be about the Colts. Uh, what what are our expectations on the Colts with Matt Ryan now taking over as quarterback? Because to me, it's higher. I definitely have higher expectations on the Colts. I, I'm not sure if I'm picking them to win it all, but – like they they got to make the playoffs this year with Matt Ryan instead of Carson Wentz. I I'm still I still think Ryan's got some juice in him, and they have definitely have plenty of weapons and they're solid on the defensive end as well. So uh, that would be my answer to my own question: is if they don't make the playoffs, I'm going to be very disappointed with the Colts. So I would agree, but in order for this to be true, I Carson Wentz really would have had to have been as bad of a leader and as bad of a teammate as people say. The reason I say that is I don't envision Matt Ryan having better than 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I really don't. I really don't at this point in his career think he's going to do much better than that. Um, And that's what Carson went through for last year. And that was with Taylor absolutely going off and their defense being good. So yes, in Intangibles wise, I hope Ryan can be better late in games than once was and maybe get another squeak another win or two out given that situation. And I hope that Ryan's leadership and ability to bring the team together, which every person around Wentz has said is bad and everyone around Ryan has said is really amazing. If those two things can make a difference for the team, then I do believe they'll make the playoffs. But I don't think straight up stat for stat, Ryan is that much better of a quarterback than Wentz right now. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not in complete disagreement, but yeah, the intangibles just really stand out to me with, with Ryan. So I'd be disappointed if they weren't able to take a step forward after um, switching and correcting those issues that we all heard about. Again, obviously we don't know and we'll see, like you said, if he is that bad of a leader and teammate, but, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, That's all I got. What's you got another one, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay. How, how much of a chance do you give the Titans to – I got a two-part question. How much do you, chance do you give the Titans to win the division? And how many more seasons of prime Derrick Henry will we get? Derrick Henry prime, I think, three, I want to say. Three. Including, including this year. So two uh, more years after this one. Two more years after this one, he'll be 31 or 32 at that point. Um, I definitely expect him to be falling off by then. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. And and this is all based in, on him staying healthy, obviously, because last year he was a god but then got hurt. So um, if he stay healthy, I think he can have three more years of 1,500 yards. I don't see why not. He's a freaking tank. He is a you want my bold take? You want my bold take before you answer my second your part? Bold take, your bold take is that this is the last good year, huh? Or is this it going to be the last season Derrick Henry will ever rush for 1,200 yards or more? We'll see. 
I can see it. We we know how running backs fall off once they get to that thirty year old age. So yeah, it's it's literally like a snap of the figure. You hit thirty, done. Terrible. So, yes, sir. Yeah. Now Titans in the division chance percentage right now. I'm giving them over a little bit, little over 50. I have to because I don't think the Texans and Jags have a single remote chance to win the division. So so they have zero chance. Let's just say that, right, for all intents and purposes, Jags, Texans, zero. I, I have the Titans still as as the winner right now. They're number one on my as power As the rankings. favorite. Really? I yes. Woo! I think, I think that's kind of I like it. Sir. I know. I, a lot of people aren't really going to be with me, but they didn't have a lot of turnover on the defensive end. They still got a lot of their guys in that regard. And um, honestly, if you look at the offensive end, the only thing they really lost was A.J. Brown. And they didn't. They don't seem to really care about that. So we'll see what Traylon – obviously is going to depend on Traylon Burks and what he's able to do as a rookie. And obviously Derrick Henry. But I'm putting my faith and in Derrick Henry being a workhorse and able to stay healthy. And if he's – Anything like we saw last year, pre-injury or two years ago, they they'll win ten games. Yeah, I think Tannehill might take a step off, and obviously the one thing I think Tennessee is about thirty percent. I'd go seventy Colts, thirty Tennessee. Really, you think uh, it's yeah? I was gonna say the like only, fifty-five, the forty-five only, would be mine. The only reason it's not even more honestly for me is Mike Vrabel. I feel like he is an unbelievably amazing coach. His players really buy yes. into him and believe him, believe in him. And so I think that inspiration and just the intent, they're always on stuff. He's always doing well with like the small parts, especially on the defensive end. And they have that tough, I'm going to go out there and kick your ass mentality. And I think that, and they're smash mouth. And so, they can you can always generate ten wins out of out of that type of style. So you could be right, but I really think the Colts, that Ryan intangibles and leadership, will make enough of a difference for Indy. All right, that's fair. That's enough for the South. Well, let's jump to the AFC East. Um, let's just start with let's again. I'm going to start with one of the worst teams, and and that's just going to be what are your expectations about Zach Wilson year two. I, I mean, he's got more weapons now. Uh, drafted Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, so I mean, again, I'm not expecting. It's similar expect expectations for me with Lawrence. I feel like I'm not expecting anything crazy out of Zach Wilson, but I, I need to see some improvement, especially in the efficiency uh, in regards to not throwing as many turnovers and and things along those lines. But I guess I don't really. I want to say wins wise, maybe. Again, same as the Jags, nothing more than five. Five, six yeah. wins. I they're getting I there. The Jets, they're close. I think I think the Jets could win six, seven games. Um the big thing for me that I need to see with Wilson is that step up. It's still gonna be ugly. He's still gonna throw a lot of interceptions. His completion percentage is still not gonna be that good. But and I know this guy that I'm about to name is the reason we're gonna give quarterbacks with these crazy strong arms and gunslinger-ish more time is Josh Allen. Um, but but we, we saw Josh Allen's rookie year, and he looked like he was never going to play in the NFL. But except for those l- moments that he had. Now, Zach Wilson hasn't had quite as many of those moments, and maybe he doesn't ha- have the top-end um, quarterback ability that, that 
uh, Allen has. I see Wilson more as a tier two quarterback type of ceiling. But but I think that if we don't see that from him this year, it's going to be really suspect. But yeah, I, I, I have some belief in Zach Wilson, actually, and I think that he could show out. Yeah, I that's essentially all I was getting at. If if he doesn't take that step forward, they're going to start looking for a new answer. <laughs> this is something the Jets have had to deal with for so long, and, and they're honestly at this point getting very impatient at the QB. So they got him more weapons. If they fix the line a little bit, they improve the defense. Like they're doing everything they're supposed to do. So it's now on Zach to improve his own play as well. So we'll see, we'll see how the Jets end up being this year. But I still got them finishing last in the division, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, me too, I think. All what right. is, uh, yeah, what's one of your questions or storylines? As, as, as one of my favorite TV, TV personalities, I'm going to steal his nickname for this player for this. As Kevin Wilds would call him, the baby goat, how many touchdowns will Mac Jones have this season? The baby goat. That's so funny that they call him that. All right, well, let me do a quick stat check. Or do you have it written down? I do not. He's, that's, okay. Check I just need to see last year. 22 and 13 he had. Okay. Um, I'm going 27. That's my prediction. Twenty-seven, and I think he'll stay around thirteen. Maybe, maybe dro- drop a little bit. Eleven. I'm going to say twenty-seven and eleven. All right, I like that. I expect a little. I, I expect we, more passing this year than than last year, at least. Yeah, I think we could see something like thirty and ten somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, but it, Mac Jones, another one. I, I want to see his step up. So. I can at least think that he might have some top end potential eventually. Because otherwise, right. if I don't see a huge step up, you're looking at a 15th to 18th best quarterback in the league for his whole career. Right, exactly. I want to see yeah. some flashes from McCorkle. Yeah, I'm going to kind of this what this isn't even one of my storylines, but I do want to ask the same question about Zach Wilson. So he only had nine touchdowns, eleven interceptions in 13 games last year. I expect that to be um, maybe more towards the the Mac Jones style line of this past year and being 20 and 10, 20 and 13. I'm actually going to go 24, no, 25 and 15 from Zach Wilson this year. I think he'll play more games so his interceptions will go up. He'll obviously take some risks, but I need to see some touchdowns, some, some cool throws and such. From him, so we're gonna go twenty-five and fifteen for Zach Wilson. I like it. Um, my next one would be: Is this the year Josh Allen wins MVP? Yes. You think so? Right now, today, he's your preseason pick. Uh, I don't know about that, but but I think given the storylines. And how the MVP works, he kind of has the best odds, really, at it. Right. Rodgers isn't winning another one. I don't think Brady's stats are going to be what they've been before. Mahomes has already won one. But I think I think Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert, one of those three. That, that Mahomes has the storyline of Tyreek Hill leaving. So if he balls out, you know, after that, he'll obviously get some votes, given him how he carried them offensively. Herbert, 
obviously if he keeps doing what he's doing and they make the playoffs and at least the same team wins, he could have that. And Allen, who I think this is going to be the year he really comes into his own and shows us he's a top three quarterback. So yeah. I, I think it's down to those three guys. I agree. I think he is top three. Yeah, I expect him to be finish top three and voting for MVP, if not win it this year. I definitely, like you said, this is the year for him to truly step into it and, and really explode. Do you have another storyline to follow? Otherwise, we'll fire off our power rankings. Can Tua Tagovailoa Need a Dolphins question. I like it. Can Tua Tagovailoa Okay. Can the Dolphins be playoff contenders with Tua Tagovailoa as their quarterback? Yes. I think um, playoff contender, that's all you left it as. I don't see why not. I don't. They have a lot of weapons around him. Um, they have a solid solid defense. They've actually always had a pretty solid defense. Their de- defense is never, like, really bad like some of the other really bad teams in the NFL. But I would say yes. Obviously, he needs to improve, and we need to see more out of him. But my short, the short answer is yes. Yeah, I, I answer yes to that question as well. I, but I think this is the prove it year. If they don't, it's if, gotta if be. they don't win, if they don't win ten games this year, two is not your guy. I don't care if, and and I'm not guaranteeing he is your guy. If you do win ten games, I think you can win ten games, and he still isn't your guy, given how he actually looks and how you're watching the games. But but I think right. guaranteed, if you don't win ten games, you know he's not your guy, given the roster they've got. That's a good way to put it. I. <laughs> I'm in complete agreement there. So power rankings-wise, I'm going Bills 1. I think that's pretty clear still. Dolphins 2, Pats 3, Jets 4. That's what I would put it as right now today. You know, that's what I had written down. But You're going to switch the Pats 2 or what? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to – I like – no, I'm not. I'm going to keep the Pats <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. I don't. I really don't know if I like Belichick complimenting Mac Jones so much. I mean, part of me likes it because like he doesn't give compliments, but part of me is like, is he overcompensating for something? Because like he never complimented Brady, never had to. So like, right. is he changing and understanding he has to be different, or is he overcompensating for he knows that there's not enough talent there? Oh yeah. no. Interesting, interesting thought, but that's that's I think the order of the East. Final division in the AFC, and probably thinking the NFC. It is. This is the best division in football this year. Just ridiculous. Oh my god. Best we division got, in the AFC, definitely. We got the freak. We have Derek Carr, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson in the same division. Like this is a stupid stack division. All four teams are a threat to make the playoffs this year. I would say I'm still, at this moment, still only giving Super Bowl contender to the Chiefs just because that's Pat Mahomes. I really, I'm always high on Pat Mahomes. So, but yeah, there's four four teams that could make some noise in the playoffs, that's for sure, which is crazy to think about. So my first one will be, since I just talked about Mahomes, how is Mahomes going to do without Tyree? Fine. That's, it, it, it might not be as 
it might not be as explosive, but if if I mean, who's the receiver they drafted? Sky Moore. Sky Moore. He's got a, a chance to do some cool things. Mahomes is more than willing to bomb it up there to guys. Unlike Rodgers, who I worry about with rookie receiver because he's not as trusting. Mahomes doesn't give a crap. He's humming it to you no matter what. Um, And I have faith in Andy Reid. That's the other thing with the Chiefs is I have faith in Andy Reid to dial Mahomes back when he needs it. Mahomes gets out of himself and out of his mechanics sometimes and goes a little too crazy. But with the game plan that that Reed brings and, and the enemy still there as well, um, I think that they they do a great job putting him in great situations, and he's the best quarterback in the league. So they're going to be good. That's that is what it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, the I guess the additional thought I have for that would be they still got guys with burners everywhere. Like, sure, there's it's not Tyreek Hill, but. You got Sky Moore. He's trapped Sky Moore. He's got burners. You still have McCole Hardman. He's fast as hell. You signed MBS to a cheap deal. He's fast as hell. Like, you still have tons of guys that you can just have them sprint down the field. And then Mahomes, like you said, he's chucking it to him anyway. So I don't really, and at least they have Kelsey. I think it would have been more of an issue to lose Kelsey, that middle, across the field middle threat where Mahomes absolutely feeds Kelsey like no other. So. Yeah, they, they, they have one of the most dangerous targets in the NFL. Exactly. Bar, bar none. So, obviously, Kelsey changes that aspect. Yeah. All right. Do you think the Chargers will finally make the playoffs? Uh, I just laugh because this is a team that these last couple of years, wow, the – amount of one score losses they have is ridiculous. When are they going to learn how to win these close games? It's like, over the last, it's like us Vikings last, last year, few, but this is something the they do every years, year. Yeah, try our entire lifetime. Yeah. Like, they just, the Chargers lose one score games our entire life more than anybody I've ever seen. Even ridiculous. with Breeze and then Rivers and then Herbert, it's just like we're just having great quarterbacks and losing close games. Yeah. Well, I know for a fact um, Herbert's rookie year, all of their losses, every single one of them was by one score. Like, you can't even make that up. That That's just crazy as hell. Um, bold prediction, I guess, right now I'm saying yes. I mean, it's such a loaded division, right? So it's going to be tough for them to make it. But uh, as of right now, I think, I think they're getting in. I really do. I'm going to say no. Oh, I no. I mean, no. Not another year. Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say no. It's really hard, though, because I, I do like the Raiders a lot. And obviously, I don't think that all four of those teams are going to make the playoffs. But it's hard for me to imagine with the J.C. Jackson edition, the Cleo Mack edition, and the crazy – and Derwin James coming back, Joey Bosa being healthy. Like, they'll, their defense is going to be insanely improved from last year. So, it's, it's well, hard keep, for me with that plus Herbert to have them not making the playoffs. Let's talk a little bit more about their defense because that's exactly my next storyline is with these additions, like you just said, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, healthy Derwin James back. You already have Joey Bosa. What's their ceiling? How good can this defense be? Top three, top five? Like, what do you think? Um, I don't know about yards and touchdowns if they'll be good. But I think they have a chance to be top five in sacks or t- sacks and turnovers. 
And I think yeah. that's more of the type of defense you're looking at, an aggressive defense that gets after yeah. it and makes plays. That's how J.C. Jackson plays. That's how Derwin James plays. And obviously the pass rush has that impact as well. Um, so I think that's what we'll see. Maybe they'll be, you know, the 15th best defense yards and touchdowns-wise, but top five in interceptions and sacks, which is something yeah. that you need to win games as well. Right, um, exactly. So – so, yeah, I, I think they have top-tier potential, but more than likely more be turnover and big play-based. Yeah. I think they'll settle in, based on everything you just said, settle in in that 5 to 10 range um, because they, I expect them to still give up yards and, and give up points fairly often. But, yeah, the sack and turnover potential is there, and that's exactly what you need in today's NFL. You need to get to the quarterback. And you need to create turnovers. So that's two things that they're checking the box on. So we'll see uh, how good that this defense actually can be. Where do you – did I ask – whose question is this? Man, I'm losing it tonight. That was my second one. So that was my that was okay. my last question I had for the who was. My second one is how – I have two. I, I got We got to talk about all the teams in this division. They're too good not to. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think the Raiders' ceiling is? First question. Raiders' ceiling, uh, I, I would say second round of the playoffs. I really don't envision them making it to the AFC Championship, but I can see them making the playoffs and winning, winning their first game, and at least making it to second round. I can see that. So I would say that's their ceiling. Okay. Now talking about Denver, do you think Denver has the best chance other than the Chiefs to win the division? It's so tough. There's so little that separates these four teams. Um, I don't know. So, like, my I'll throw out my power rankings right now. I have Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders as of right now. But I do almost want to say that percentage-wise, the Broncos might have a better percentage to make the playoffs than the Chargers, just given uh, their defense is always, always good and – they got webs everywhere, running backs, receivers, and then they added Russell Wilson, who's a Super Bowl champ. So I'm going to give the credit to the team that has a Super Bowl champion quarterback a little more than um, obviously very good quarterback Herbert, but a guy that hasn't even made the playoffs yet. So I haven't looked at the AFC West schedule completely like we will for our second um, topic when we'll go um, game by game, to winner by winner. But I – I also go I go Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. Man, I really want to put the Raiders up higher and I think they have a huge potential cuz I'm I'm standing for Derek Carr this year. I can't wait for Derek Carr to prove all the haters wrong this year. It's going to be freaking awesome, honestly, cuz you boys be sleeping on a guy that has got sacked more times. His, his offensive line has been rated in the bottom 10 of the NFL every single year of his career and in the bottom five every single year but one for pass protection so he's got some weapons now he's got adams the the line will be slightly better adams ran for waller i i just can't wait for Derek Carr to ball you better ball otherwise i'm roasting the shit out of this man that's all i gotta say haters haters car haters. all i gotta say car hater I'm not a hater. I'm a hater. You are a hater. Car. No, I'm a hater on car lovers, a.k.a. you, 
who think he's like some freaking God sent angel that's here to save the Raiders. <laughs> no, I no, I Derek Carr's really good, and yeah, this this will be the year that I think he'll he'll shut up some haters for sure. All right. Well, that was. That. I think that was it. C has been previewed. Um, part we'll, one. Part one. We'll get a little more in depth with records, win loss, exact standing. Yeah. As we get on to part two. Um, but yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Let us know what you think. We'll we'll post some uh, some uh, graphics about this. Probably not until our part two, and then we'll we can give you those records on on our exact graphics yeah. there. But. But yeah, yeah I so agree. Th- thank you all for sticking with us. We love you. I would and, say uh, we need to do Q and A. Spin, come on! Don't I, don't I was turn just about stuff. to introduce Q and A. Okay, well, you were Gosh. saying we love you, and that's usually something we say right when we're done. So I was like, well, really on this episode off. I was just gonna say we love you, and now it's time for Q and A. One one quick thing I do want to say: um, if you have any suggestions for improvement or anything for this uh, NFL preview. Let us know because we're gonna we're gonna follow the same style for the NFC. So we're gonna talk storylines and power rankings again next week. So if you want some, or even if you have a storyline, if you have a question yeah. you want us to ask about each of the divisions, let us know and we'll, we'll comment. Comment on YouTube, tweet at us, DM us. You Anything know how to get you want. Hold of us. Yes. All right. Q and A from our boy Connor Forbrook once again. This is an interesting one, Spenny. Very interesting one. I don't know if you really put much thought into it yet, but I was I was trying to think about answers throughout this episode. Dream. So for a big football game or whatever, what is your dream lineup here for the performances? National anthem, halftime performer, and post-game concert. What would be your dream lineup there? Ooh. Um So I'm going to say National Anthem. I have to get this person in, and I didn't know how else to include her. So I'm going to say National Anthem Beyonce. Really? Yeah. Let's go. That's my pick, too. <laughs> Let's go. She had to be in the yeah, the queen. Yes. So, her voice uh, would be perfect yeah. for the anthem. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Um, and then Halftime Show. Halftime show, I want, like, I just want, like, all the rappers. Like, what came to mind was, like, eight, it was, like, Travis and Wiz. Travis and Wiz would be my, would be my halftime show. Okay. And then post-game concert. Hmm. You know, I, I, I just got to headline it again, and, and we're going to change the genre again, and we're going to rock. And, and one of my favorite rock bands, and I think one of the biggest rock bands of all time, so we're going to go Metallica post-game concert. Okay. I like it. For me, I'm going to do I'm gonna do my halftime performance a little different. I would, for me personally, obviously would like uh, the rap artists, you know, like Travis Scott's and stuff out there. But if I'm just thinking general halftime shows and some of the best ones that there've ever been, I want some, some more of the big name guys, and I want like a like a collab like they've been doing the last couple of years. The last couple of years, it's never yeah. just one person anymore; it's multiple. So I would say 
um, RIP to these two, but I would say Michael Jackson, Prince, mm. U2, and then maybe Coldplay. Those four together in like some sort of collab halftime show would just be electric. Everyone could, would go nuts. Could you pick two worst rock bands? Oh my goodness. Coldplay go- and U2? Oh my god. Oh Coldplay's my first Super Bowl halftime show was atrocious. <sighs> atrocious. And U2 is probably the most overrated rock band of all time. So these are terrible. The first two. Those terrible two musical opinions coming out from spinning. Oh my gosh. You just said Coldplay's not good. That's a terrible opinion to have. Coldplay as a performance? Their halftime performance at the Super Bowl was crappy. No, it wasn't. Oh my gosh! All right. Okay, if you Who's don't believe me, go, go look up for go look up some national opinions here, and just type in best halftime performance of all time, and just check out all these different articles. Almost all of them have U two in top three. Almost all of them have Coldplay in the top three. Michael Jackson and Prince are obviously in there every time. But all right, come on. Who's the Who's the after concert? Or Timberlake. If you want me to change up a little bit, I'll throw Timberlake in there. Because he's been like good. At the yeah. I thought about throwing Maroon 5 in, too, honestly. So maybe maybe vibe-wise, I th- maybe I just throw out U2 and Coldplay and do MJ, Prince, and JT. I feel like that's a good vibe there. I feel like that's probably better. Uh, post-game, though, that's where I want my rap, guys. Because I feel like that's when everyone's tired. It's the end of the night. We need something to energize us. Finish up the night. Good. That's why I'm throwing in, you know, any any rap guy who's ever hot at the moment. Travis, Kendrick, Drake, anybody. Throw them out there. Maybe get a couple guys, just like the halftime show. And that'd be an amazing way to finish up the night. But yeah, I want to hear Beyonce's angel voice first to start the game. Some of those, uh, some of those legends, Prince, MJ, guys like that for halftime. And then to finish it off, some some rap legends would be how I would do it. I would love to actually my That's a good question. Concert. I would like my post-game concert, too, just to give a shout-out to a couple of these guys to be some maybe some country guys. Little One of the best shows I ever saw in person was Dirk Bentley. So maybe a little Dirk Bentley-Jake Owen combo, throwing Kenny Chesney. We get a little bit of beach vibes after when everybody's sleeping and getting this cranked up on the beach. So I think that could be a good situation as well, even though liking country music is my toxic trait. So. That's my toxic traits. <laughs> uh, liking country music and being late. Those are my toxic traits. Being late, so yeah. This kid. This kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, man. so we appreciate you guys sticking with us two whole hours again. You guys are the best. Two hours. Well, we, we left it. you off a week, so we had to pack all this flipping content in here. It's the GOAT. A little bit of our, our Mamba, our Mamba episode. Yes. For y'all. So that's good. Mamba mentality. Keep that up. Yeah. And one more time, RIP Bill Russell, because that dude is a beast. Facts. RIP real Bill Russell and hug your friends and family. And we love you. Good night, hearties and heart notes. And we'll see y'all next week.